0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty! Are you glad to be in the camp this year? How many people think that you may come back next year? You... Wow, praise God. <laughs> I raised hand without being invited. So. <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Tonight I would like to share with you some basic thing for many of you, but sometimes basic thing can be a big foundation for us and many of you might have heard this teaching before. And you have experienced it, but it's good to talk about and get deeper in understanding. I believe that in the kingdom of God, there are always the increases. That's why the Bible talks about precept upon precept upon precept upon precept. Which means you know this much, out of that foundation, God builds you up more. Yeah. Understanding deeper. Even one subject can lead to another subject. And in the same subject, you understand this much, but later on you understand more and more in the same subject. That is how I walk Christian life. I know certain subject and years gone by, I know deeper in that subject. And the more I have understanding and the more I have faith and practice, the more victory I can see. God talk about grace upon grace, precept upon precept, truth upon truth. So tonight I would like to talk about the subject of the fire of God, the fire of God. Matthew chapter 3 verses 11 to 12. Many years ago when I got touched by the fire of God, first time in my life in 1995, something like that, 1995, 1996, I did not understand at all about the file of God. But many years have gone by. Now I understand deeper and have more experiences with the file of God. So at this point if somebody tell me, "Oh, the file of God doctrine is not real, it's too late." Because I have tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord in the area of the file of God. Matthew 3:11 to 12 say, "I indeed, I mean John the Baptist Indeed, baptize you in water because of repentance. That is because of your changing of your mind for the better, heartily amending your ways with abhorrence of your past sins. So water baptism is a sign of repentance. Repentance means you die to your flesh. You say no to sin. You say, God, I'm sorry. I turn around and I want to please you. The Bible talks about crucified with Christ," which means dead. Is that right? If you get crucified, you died. The Bible talks about die to self. So water baptism is about death, in fact, because when you go under the water and you don't come up, after 10 minutes without oxygen tank, you died, for sure. because our brain cannot lack oxygen for more than. 5 to 7 minutes. If you lack oxygen more than that, you will die. So, what baptism is about death to your old life, repentance. But he, Jesus, who is coming after me is mightier than I. Whose sandals I am not worthy of fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you. Who baptize you? Now what a baptism was done by the pastor or by the preacher or by your Christian friend. But he will, Jesus will, baptize you with the Holy Spirit and not or, and, which means both, and fire. Baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His benoing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clear out and clean his threshing floor and gather and store his wheat in his barn. But the chaff, he will burn up, we talk about fire, burn up with fire that cannot be put out. This scripture talks about three baptism: Baptism in water as a sign, of death to your own life, crucify yourself, and you live a righteous life. You live in obedience. Two, baptism with the Holy Spirit. What is the meaning of baptism? Baptism means to immerse. So if you put a bottle in the water and only half of the water in the water, that is not baptized. Baptized means the whole bottle is under the water. The water covered the whole bottle and go into the bottle as well. So the word baptism means fill up to overflow out and out and out and out and fill and fill and fill and come out to the point that your whole body is under the water. That is baptism. You're so full You're so immersed. You're so marinated. You're so filled with something. That's why water baptism, you have to go all under the water. One time in Juro, I think in the river in Juro, because it's in the river, I make a big mistake. When I water baptize people, I grab their nose because I don't want them to have the water run into their lungs. So I grab their nose and in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're baptized and come up. I kept doing that for a while. When I come out from the water, Pastor Da walked to me. Do you know that that lady have a plastic surgery on her nose? Since then, I never grab anybody's nose anymore. <laughs> I don't want to break anybody's plastic nose inside. So water baptism is about death. But baptism or immerse with the Holy Spirit, what does it mean? It means that God pour His water, the Holy Spirit, living water. You remember the book of John chapter 7? Talk about we are hungry and thirsty and He will give us living water. And later on, the Bible said the living water is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. God fill us with the living water, the Holy Spirit to fill us and overflow out and all over our body. That's why when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are three words in English. Number one, in. Number two, with. And number three, on. With means the Holy Spirit is with that person. Usually happen to non-believers. When you pray for the Holy Spirit to talk to your unbelieving loved ones, God sent the Holy Spirit to be with that person, born again, believe in Jesus, repent, come back home, come back to your father. So the Holy Spirit is with non-believers, but the Holy Spirit is in believer. Every born again believer has the Holy Spirit on the inside as the seal of salvation, as a guarantee of your eternal life, one day when you go to heaven. So every believer has the Holy Spirit in. But another word is on. Every time when the Bible talks about somebody is anointed or empowered to do something for God, such as King David or the priest, the high priest, or the prophets, or some workers for the tabernacle, or the prophet, the Bible always uses the word, the Holy Spirit is on them, which means anoint them, so that they can prophesy. They can be the king. They can perform signs and wonders, and they can do supernatural things. So baptism with the Holy Spirit is about on. The Holy Spirit come on you, in you, overflow, out of you, and on your body, all over the place to empower you, to anoint you. Anoint means put the oil on the surface. Is that right? On, 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 on. So He empowers you so that you can have supernatural power, and supernatural ability to do things for the kingdom of God. For example, my background is a neurosurgeon. I was trained to shave somebody's hair without even one cut on the skin. The principle, you should not shave hair, make a cut. You have to be very smooth. And you can open the skull, look at the brain, go in. I was not trained to be a preacher. I never went to any Bible school. I never have any church background. I came from Buddhism. But one day, when the Holy Spirit came on me, filled me, and I spoke in tongues, the power of God was on me. Suddenly, I was able to preach. I was able to teach. Like, what's going on? Why? It's just keep flowing out of me. Why, when I read the Bible, I understand supernaturally. Why I can understand and explain simply to people. That is supernatural power. This is not human being. Is the work of the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the word baptism with the Holy Spirit is about empowerment. It's about gifted, about anointing, about doing supernatural things to preach the gospel and build the kingdom of God. But there's another word here that most churches never talk about and never even understand about, never experience, you know you will never understand how delicious Jai yo that Pasada cooked is. Pasada have a special formula to cook Jai yo is the Vietnamese spring roll. And I tell you if you eat one you cannot stop. So delicious. <laughs> one time we talk about this the pastor in uh, ben Oregon say, Can you, Pastor Da, can you cook for our church? He cooked for them. 200 pieces. It's gone in half an hour. That delicious. <laughs> so, Pastor, don't ask her. <laughs> you will never understand what I'm talking about the Jaya from Pastor Da. Pastor Da formula. Until you. Oh, I understand now. Is that right? The same thing. Preachers and pastors who never been touched by the fire of God, who never experienced the fire of the Holy Spirit, will never be able to teach or explain or understand. Because the things of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, actually the fire is the Holy Spirit anyway. But uh, let me explain to you the difference between baptism with the Holy Spirit and baptism with fire the Holy Spirit anyway, but you will not be able to really understand until you catch the Holy Spirit. The things about the spiritual life is not about learning from the paper or reading the book. It's about catching. It's about experiencing. It's about you taste that yourself. You get touch, And after that, you say, it's too late to tell me. It's too late. God touched me. I, I cannot sing this song, but I know there's a song. <laughs> he touched me. <laughs> Who can sing that? <laughs> <laughs> he touched me. I know now the touch of God. He f- feel me. He touched me. So what is the baptism with fire? Actually, if you read the book of Acts chapter 2 carefully from verses 1 to 4, you will notice that on that day, the promises of God about the baptism with the Holy Spirit and baptism with fire happened in the same setting. You read the Bible carefully, you notice that in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came to the upper room. The whole building was shaken, and then the Bible say, the Holy Spirit came on them, on, in the appearance or in the uh, picture of fire on their body. And after that, the Bible talk about they spoke in tongues and they got drunk in the Holy Spirit. They laughed, they got drunk, they're pretty loud like this morning, <laughs> very loud people, ha 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 ha. People just spoke in tongues and got drunk, couldn't get off from the floor and look like a drunk people. That's what happened in the upper room. The people in Jerusalem heard that. "Wow was so loud out there." And they even say, "Why in the world these people got drunk with wine at 9 a.m. in the morning?" <laughs> it's impossible this morning what time about maybe noon, you got drunk in the Holy Spirit. That's not the time of drinking alcohol. Usually we drink alcohol maybe after 7 pm. But people got drunk because they got touched by both the Holy Spirit and the fire of god so what we are doing nowadays in our churches is about the upper room experience we want to bring that back our god never changes he's the same god as the god of peter and paul and barnabas and we still can experience the baptism with the holy spirit and with fire with fire if you read carefully continue the next verse that is about fire. Okay, some Christians interpret this scripture in a wrong way. They think that this scripture is about fire, hell. No, there are four kinds of fire. The first kind of fire is the fire of hardships. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, talk about we go through the hardships, the trials, and that hardship, Is like a fire that burn the wrong thinking in our heart. So God allows us to go through the fire of hardships. And we all go through that. Believe me. We all have to go through some trials and hardships. That is the first fire. The second fire is the fire at the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, I'm not gonna read it because I'm not talking about that today. At In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, talk about two many kinds of Christians. The Christian that serve God or not serving God and build their life on the different foundations. Some people build on gold and diamond and silver, but some people build on the wood and the junk. So, God said that when we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for example, if I come here for money, if I come here for reputation, I built my ministry on the wood, not on the gold. So when I get to the judgment seat of Christ, the fire at the judgment seat is going to burn the wood away. Then I get into heaven with no rewards. I just save. I miss hell. I go to heaven, but no rewards at all. Because the fire at the judgment seat of Christ will burn, will show, will reveal what kind of motive, what kind of attitude you are living on earth here. You go to church because you love Jesus, because you want to build a kingdom, because you love brother and sister, or you go to church for other reasons. You need to really examine your motive and your attitude. And the Father of God in that area will be revealed on the day of his coming, on the first judgment. There will be two judgments of Jesus Christ. The first judgment is for the believers, and the second judgment for the unsaved, lost soul. So that is another topic. Is about... The, the eschatology, the end time. That is the second fire. The third fire that we will not be in is the eternal lake of fire. That eternal lake of fire is definitely for the devil, for the false prophets, for the antichrist, for the beasts, and for the demons and people who don't want to repent. That we don't want to talk about. Okay? Actually, I'm producing the lesson series called The Doctrines of the Last Things. I keep producing every week, one sermon a week in my studio and put in the YouTube for people to understand about eschatology or the end time. But the fourth kind of fire, this one, the fourth one, will help us definitely not to go to the eternal lake of fire. And number two, if we are burned now, we don't have to be burned at the judgment seat of Christ. Because this fire, the baptism with fire is for what? Verse 12 again. His winnowing fan is in his hand. Whose hand? Jesus' hand. So he was cleaning the church. He is cleaning. He's trying to keep the right, the weeds, and he's going to get rid of the junk, the chaff. He will totally clear out and clean his threshing floor. What is his threshing floor? The threshing floor is the church of Jesus Christ, his kingdom, his land, his field, and gather and store his wheat. The wheat come out with chaff. So he's going to take the chaff off and keep the real wheat. And in his barn, what is his barn? His church. But the chaff, what is the chaff? The chaff is something you don't want to keep. It's useless The chef he will burn up with fire that cannot be put out. So what is the difference between baptism with the Holy Spirit and baptism with fire? Most charismatic churches believe on only baptism with the Holy Spirit. Baptism with the Holy Spirit is about power, about supernatural ability to serve, to evangelize, to witness, to lay hands on the sick, People get healed to cast out demons. It's about power to do the work of God. But the baptism of fire, baptism with fire, is about cleaning up. It's about purification. Or another word in the Bible called sanctification. God wants us to have both power and holiness or purity. This is why in around the 80s, I came to America as a brand new believer. I just got saved only three years I came here. And I noticed that a lot of doctors and nurses in the hospital talk bad about Christianity. I feel so bad. I was a new believer, came to America. I thought America is a good Christian country, but I heard about bad news about our church and find out that that charismatic preacher cheated money and committed adultery, and they went to jail, and blah, blah, blah. They talk in the hospital, and they feel so bad. Why? Because they only emphasize power. They only emphasize, yes, I can preach very anointed, very charismatic, and I can heal the sick. Bam! People fall under the power. All about power. But there is no such thing called holiness. Because they don't want to talk about Baptism with fire. Or they they, may not even know about baptism with fire. Baptism with fire is about burning the junk, the shaft, the things that is not of God from our life. All of us, believe me, we grow up in this sinful world with a lot of junk in the inside of us. We have a lot of junk. For example, in the church only. The church. I'm talking about the church of Jesus. One of the junk in the church of Jesus Christ is in Mark chapter 7, verse 13. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. One of the junk in the church is called tradition. When you walk with tradition, you quench the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is like the wind. He moves here. There he moved. So we need to be led by the spirit, not led by tradition. Tradition means you led by paper, whatever program you have. I'm not against program. Don't take me wrong. We need to have program, but we should not be led by programs. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, many churches just follow the program or tradition. Okay. Stand up. Sing three hymns. Sit down, say amen, stand up again, sing three (laughs) hoes. And then offering, and then preach for 10 minutes, and sing doxology. Mm. Then God bless you. One hour service done. Bye-bye. You go home. They came to church the way they were. They left the same day they came. No change. Nothing happened. They come in for socialize, for eating good food, for meeting each other. But there's no power. There's no change, no cleansing, no purification. Nothing happened in the church. You just go through the motion. And that's why a lot of people in America backslid from church. They don't want to go to church anymore because it's so dry and so traditional. But when the Holy Spirit moves, like this morning, ha, 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 ha. No tradition anymore. Because some of you are going to be on the floor there. Some of you get drunk there. Some of you, the hairstyle is gone. You have to pay another $200 for your hair. Some of you, makeup is gone. The mascara fall off. The false eyelash came off. No tradition anymore. Tradition is like this. You come to the church with your Bible here. Amen. Amen. Sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, bye-bye. Tradition, you just follow tradition. Tradition will kill the church because no one's going to change. That's why I love the move of God. I love the fire of God because when God moves, he kills the tradition. He destroys the tradition of man and then something unexpected happens. Is that right? Tradition cannot heal your sickness. Tradition cannot get demon out of you. Only the file of God can do it. So that's number one that the file of God will remove from the church. That is the tradition. Not only that. Ephesians six twelve. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Bible talks about our enemy here. We have the enemy, the God of this world, named Satan or Lucifer. Satan or Lucifer is in the second heaven. He is not here on earth. And he has a lot of followers, the fallen angels. One-third of angels fell off heaven to follow Satan. And the Bible called these fallen angels, principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this age. They were controlling America. Some principality controlled Japan, controlled Thailand. That's why you notice each country has different kind of problems and sin. Different, very different. These principality try to destroy us. They come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But they don't deal with you directly. The soldiers of Satan that deal with us directly is in the book of Mark here. Chapter 16 verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe, "In my name, they will cast out demons. On the ground, soldiers of Satan are demons. And demons attack people's physical health, attack people's finances, relationship or work or accident or sinful habit pornography or gambling or whatever sinful habit or nature, demons come in to control and to push people around to sin against God and to do wrong things against God. So when you accept Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that you are completely free right away. It doesn't mean that demons will leave you right away. That's why Jesus said, in my name, they will cast out demons. It means that the church needs some cleansing, needs some purification. So one of the enemy that we have to get rid of in the church is the army of demons in the church. I never cast out demons, even one demon in my life until I got touched by the fire of God. In fact, it happened to me first. 1997, I did not know about demon that much in that year. I went to revival service. The fire of God touched me. He hit me very strong. I fell under the power, under the chair. And can you imagine, in the whole room full of pastors and evangelists, Pastor Dar and I, we went there as pastor and neurosurgeon. And they all know me. And I tell you, I feel so embarrassed. I scream and cry out loud for almost half an hour nonstop. Even the preacher preaching, I'm still screaming. Everyone look at me. What happened to this neurosurgeon? He's still screaming. And he's a man. He's not a woman. Usually women scream. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but a man like me screaming. At that time, I didn't know why I was screaming. oh, Something come out of me. Basically, when I scream, something coming out. I did not know how to get rid of demon at that time because I did not have understanding about demonology yet. And after that day, I was changed. And later on, God showed me that day, the fire of God kicked demons, hundreds of demons out of you for half an hour. So I know even pastor can have demons. Even you look good outside, but in the eyes of pastor, I look good outside, but I can still have demons. So after that experience, I never forget when I started the church many years ago, there's one lady came up. This is a true story. I was going to preach and one lady came up and say, Pastor, move away, I'm going to dance. What? And she began to dance like Hindu dance. (laughs) Up on the stage, like a Hindu dance. And I was looking, what's going on here? This is Hindu. And you know what I did? Archer carry her out. <laughs> so the archer came, four archer came and picked her up and put her in another room. At that time, when demons show up, I push the person out. But after I get the fire of God, when demon show up, demon have to leave. The person stay. Yeah. In order to get rid of demons, you need the fire. Because the fire really come to clean the church up, not only tradition, but also demons in the church. Actually, you can see this in the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 23 to 32. Let me read to you. This is in the Old Testament, talking about the Holy Spirit and demons here. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, children of God in the church. Zion represents the church. And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former reign faithfully the former rain means the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it will cause the rain to come down for you, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month, which means that the outpouring is going to be all the time. January, February, March, anytime. The outpouring can happen anytime. Okay. And the latter rain is the, in the first month. The threshing floors mean the church, your life, your bank account your family, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat and the wax shall overflow with new wine and oil. Actually, these have two meanings. The spiritual meaning means we're going to be so full of anointing. Number two, we're going to be full of prosperity. We're going to be successful when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes to cleanse the church. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust. The consuming locusts, many kinds of locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. Actually, the meaning of this scripture, the way it's written that way. But what it means is because you sin, I allow locusts to come and destroy your field, your land. Okay, so God allowed it. God did not send, but God allowed them. You shall eat in plenty. Now talk about prosperity. You shall eat in plenty. Be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame again. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. The presence of God is in our midst here. We're talking about the New Testament now. God is in our midst. You feel the presence of God here. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, and fire on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maid, maid servant and on my maidservant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. When are those days? Now, today, we are in the end time. We are in those days. Pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fine pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. The moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. That is the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before the second coming, you're going to see outpouring, 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 and miracles and signs and wonders. And it shall come to pass that, listen carefully, I can explain to you this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion, in the church, and in Jerusalem, the community of believers, there shall be, Deliverance, casting out demons. And the Lord has said among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Let me explain this whole message here. Okay. What happened? What are the locusts? The locusts are symbolic of demons. You remember one time when Jesus performed miracle, the Pharisees say, you are casting out demons by Bozabab. Do you know what is Bozabab? It's Satan. Another word, Jesus was casting out demons by the power of Satan. Actually, the word buusabab. I don't know in English. I think I may say it wrong. In Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Thank you, my pronunciation buusabab. The word buusabab in the Greek language means the god of flies. F L I E S. The gods of flies or insects. So Satan has the name of the God of Insects. Locusts are insects. Have you ever seen movie when, ins- when locusts come into the field? Who's oh, scary? Shoo, kill, 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 kill. Eat everything. The whole thing gone. That's how demons work. They come in and attack people, attack the church, and bad things happen: poverty, accident, sickness, disease, death. All kinds of problems happen in the church today. That come from demons. And God say, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten in your life. And then he say, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved here should be the word delivered, not saved. Which means to set you free from the devourers. Who are the devourers? Satan and demons. And at the end, there shall be deliverance. From Job chapter 2, 23 to 32, we can see the combination or the relationship between the outpouring of spirit and fire and kicking demons out of the church. Amen. Kicking the swarming locusts, all these kind of demons out of the church. This is why the church Need the file of God so that demons cannot be in the church anymore. Demons cannot work in the church. We need to kick them out. We need the file of God all the time because new people come in. And some people are old believers who still need deliverance. Amen? Yeah. So that is another enemy that God wants to clean us up. God wants to clean us up from demon inside us. And that happened to me in 1997. God kicked demon out of me. Many of them, hundreds of them that day. Because when I was young, I used to worship idols. I play the we call animism. I call spirit in. And I can walk around my house without opening my eyes. I'm serious. And I can call the spirit in when I was 13 years old. I used to have a spell on my back. And they pulled the a knife out and hit my back. And my skin is not cut at all. I have supernatural power from demons when I was a young boy. And I grew up that way with demons inside me. But after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I never heard about demons. No church teach me about demons. Until that day, when the fire of God hit me, demons come out of me by the grace of God. So you can see here that the church needs the fire. Let me read one last thing before I pray. One last thing that why we need the fire of God. Romans chapter 6, 17 to 23. But God, be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. If you keep sinning, the end is death. But now having been set free from sin, Having become slave of God, you have your fruit of holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Tradition, demons, the third thing is the bondage of sin. Do you know that there are three enemies of your life? One enemy is outside you. That is the world system. The world system is controlled by Satan. If you watch all the worldly movies all the time, listen to all the worldly news, the worldly system can impact you. That's why I don't want to listen to all those news. I will rather read the Bible, I'm serious. I don't want to listen to all those politics and all this worldly thing. Waste of my time that will impact my brain and my heart. I don't want to get involved with worldly thing. The world system is outside you. What you can do is to not accept it, that's it. But there are two enemies inside you. One come from outside to live inside, that is demon. Demon can come to you many ways, such as when you get into accident, you get traumatized, the wall of your life become weak, they jump in. Or two, they come in through your ancestors. If your ancestors sin against God, worship idols, or drink alcohol, drunk, playing gamble, the same demon in them, gonna follow into you. We call generational curses. That's why the kids do the same thing as the parents, because the demon of the parents come into the kids, generational curses. That's what we call. Number three, demon can come into you when you open the door of your life. We should be gatekeeper. We need to keep our, all the entrance, the eyes, the ear, everything that demons cannot come in, such as don't watch bad movie, pornography, don't read bad book. You open your eyes, get in. You remember this morning I talked about if you listen to the, some kind of weird teacher in the body of Christ, the same spirit will jump in. There's one preacher in the world that preached that it's okay to sin. And all people who listen to this guy all sin and say, it's fine, I don't need to repent. Because the same spirit, that demonic teaching, demonic spirit of that teaching jump into those people. You open the door. But the third enemy Is your own sinful nature. And that one, you cannot get rid of it by yourself until you die. Because it's going to be with you forever. But thank God, God has the way for us to really break that bondage of sin. And that is the fire of God. When the fire of God touch you, the fire burn the junk, burn the impurity and move inside of you. To make you hate sin, love righteousness, and you feel yucky. I don't know if you understand the word yucky. You understand? Okay. I learned this word when I was a young boy. I don't know American people know that word. Okay, you know that word. Okay, Jackie. Yeah. You hate the sin. The fire of God gives you the fear of God, gives you holiness, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Move on the inside of you. Again, baptism with the Holy Spirit is just power, not about holiness. But baptism with fire is about holiness, to keep your life holy and pure. My brother and sister, one day, I was standing in the locker room in the operating room at Overlake Hospital. Suddenly, God showed up in that room. I cried. I feel the presence of God is so strong. I was changing my clothes from the operating suit into my street clothes. God shows up and he talked to me. The presence of God, there are no other nurse and doctor there. Uh, This is men locker room, no woman in that area. So I was standing there, and the presence of God showed up. And he spoke to me, son, can you do one thing for me? I said, yes, Lord. Can you prepare my church that you take care of for me to be the Holy Bride of Christ? And he said, the only way my church can be the Holy Bride is to keep the fire burning in the church to clean the church to burn the junk out of church Jesus Christ is coming back to the holy bride of Christ Amen? That's why the Bible talks about the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. The wise virgin who going to meet the groom coming have the oil in the lamb the oil is the file of God. The church that wants to be the bride of Christ at the end time and he come and smile to the church is the church that welcomes the fire of God. The oil in the lamb. Many churches may be sad on that day because they're full of worldly things, full of the flesh, the sinful thing, all the human thing, all the tradition, all the stuff of the world. And they don't even know because they never welcome the fire of God. But the church that's going to be ready to meet Jesus in the air, the rapture, is the church that lives a holy life. And there is no way you and I can live a holy life by our own strength. We need the fire to come in and work on the inside of us. I talk all of this from my personal experiences. Demons come out of me. Tradition get out of me. And not only that, since I have been in a fire, I don't want to sin against God anymore. I repent quickly. The sinful bondage, many sinful bondages in my life broke off for me. God burned out of me, all these things. Actually, one more thing. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapon of our warfare are uh, not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds. Okay. There are many kinds of problems in our life that need to be cleaned up. Demons, tradition, sinful bondage. But one thing that's not very clear, we call strongholds. What are the strongholds? The strongholds are the mindset. The mindset. The reason God asks us to read the Bible and to really get into the Word, because He wants the Word to renew our mind so that we can have the mind of Christ. We can think like Christ. But the enemy, Satan, one of the ways he destroys us is to come into your mind, the strongholds, and give you wrong thinking, wrong mindset, and false doctrines. i give you an example about the file of God, for me, not for you. Many years ago, I was taught by a denomination that I was under, that almost not a direct word like that, but the meaning of the teaching is this, the church belonged to the pastor and the apostle. So you give tithe and you have to listen to me. I am the head of the church. I am the father of the church. So the, I built this church for my name and my deno- name of denomination. That's what I thought for many years because I was under that leadership. It's a false teaching. One day, I got touched by the fire. I fell under the power. Holy Spirit, come and touch me. And I felt the presence of God, the fire of God. And he came and he said to me, Son, the church doesn't belong to you. The church belongs to Jesus. That's why in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, Jesus talked to the angel of the church. Those churches, the seven churches in Asia Minor belong to Jesus, not to all those pastor, an angel, a pastor, those angels in the book of Revelation. And God rebuked and corrected all those pastors except one church, Philadelphia. All the rest six churches all got corrected by Jesus to have the right mindset. So another thing that the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit can clean us up is the mindset. The wrong thinking about Christianity, the false teaching, the twisted teaching, all these things is so minor, so subtle that you don't know. When you're under fire, you can detect false teaching very quickly, I tell you. When you listen, oh, that is wrong. Because the Holy Spirit, the fire cleaned your mindset to have the mind of Christ. Now, why we need all this? Let me read the last scripture here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all, with unwell faith, I'm going to explain to you. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. This is a very deep scripture. Are being transformed into the same image. Image of what? Image of Christ. From glory to glory, just as by the spirit, by the fire of the Lord. Let me explain to you. This scripture means this way. When Moses went up to the mountain, he met the heavenly father up there, the, the, the glory of the Lord, the presence of God. The word glory in the Hebrew language is kabod, which means the strong presence of God. The presence of God was on him so strong that his face shied the glory, shied the light, shone the light out of his face. So when he walked down the mountain, his face was so shining, he has to put the veil in front of his face because all the Israelites look at him, oh, cannot look at your face, so strong glory, so strong light from your face. So he put the veil on in that generation. That's why the Bible says we all with unveiled face, we don't need the veil anymore in this generation. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. What is the meaning of the glory of the Lord? The glory of the Lord means the thick, tangible presence of God. The fire of God is a thick, tangible presence of God. How many people got touched by the fire today? How many people feel the tangible, thick presence of God? And you cry, and you speak in tongue, and you shake, and you feel, oh, on my body, my skin. That is a th- the glory, the th- thick, tangible presence of God. And when He touches you, what He's doing, He's cleansing you, get rid of the junk out of you, and transform you into the same image of Christ. From glory, this level of glory, the word glory has two meanings. This is why I say this scripture very deep. The word glory means two things. Okay, number one, the thick tangible presence of God. Number two, if I pull up a piece of paper and look at the picture of Pasadena, who she's so beautiful. She, oh, my heart. I love this lady. I want to marry her. I look at the picture. But it's different if Pasadena show up Herself. This is just a picture. But when she shows up, oh. oh. It's different between talking about God and God shows up. Is that right? You can talk about God all day, but when He shows up, oh. Okay. But not only that, listen carefully. This teaching is quite deep, but basic. When she shows up, what else comes with her? Her credit card. <laughs> her ring. Her character. Her smile. Her heart. Everything comes with her. So the word the glory of God means his tangible presence and his absolute complete attributes or character. When a person shows up, his complete Attribute show up with that person. So what happened here? From glory to glory to glory means when God touches us, wrap us, tickle us, touch us, marinate us, and do something, perform plastic surgery on us. What happened? We're gonna be changed because his attribute touch us and kick out the bad stuff the ungodly thing out and pour in the godly things in us and our life will be changed from this level of glory to the next level of glory and to the next level of glory by the Spirit of the Lord. This is why the church need both the Word and the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. If the church want to be mature, want to be strong, want to be victorious and overcomer, We need both the Word and the Spirit. Only the Word is not enough. We need the glory to show up, to touch our life. And when He touch you, sickness will be gone too. All the junk, anything that is not good is going to be gone. That's why we have so many healing in our church. Because when He shows up, sickness has to leave. too. Sickness comes from the devil. Have to leave. too. Is that right? That's why the church needs to keep Revival. Keep the tangible presence of God. I'm going to stop here. And I hope that this just summary of the baptism with fire helps you to understand more why our church practice the movement of the Holy Spirit, the touch of God, the laying out of hand, and let God have freedom to touch you because I want you to be free, to be sanctified, to be purified, and the devil will not be there anymore. Demons cannot be there. Tradition cannot be there. Sinful nature will be broken, will be removed from your life. You yield to the fire of God to perform surgery on you. Amen? The fire of God is for the believers. If you're not a believer, you cannot be touched by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. So if you want to really be touched by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. You need to be born again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Can we pray together one more time to make sure we are born again? Would you like to pray with me? Pray with me. Father in heaven, heaven. I want to make sure sure. I'm born again. again. I repent of my sin and I come to you, Lord, with a humble heart. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me by the blood of Jesus Christ. I give my life to you. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. You were raised from the dead on the third day. You are the living God. I open the door of my heart Lord Jesus, Jesus. come into my life. life. Sit on the throne of my life. From today on, on, I will walk with you, you. obey you, you. and serve you. you. Lord, Lord. provide for me. Protect me. me. Strengthen me. me. Anoint me. Use me. Cleanse me, me. purify me, Lord. I want to be transformed transformed. from glory to glory, Lord, Lord. by your Spirit, Lord, Lord. tonight. Tonight. Pour your Holy Spirit Spirit. upon me, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus.